coming out there in podcast land. You have set you down once again to Combat Sports and Rhino, episode 52. With later on, my interview is going to be with five and one flyweight contender of the LFA, Sam, Sam Page Hughes. Absolutely stick around and check that out. All righty. So today's schedule, we're going to have our coverage of LFA 96, a quick recap of Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia in pro boxing, our full breakdown of UFC Vegas 16, Drea's world famous drop of the night, our main card predictions for next Saturday's UFC pay-per-view 256, some Q&A with the Rhino gang, and then as I said before, the aforementioned LFA um, flyweight contender Sam Sam Page Hughes goes ten rounds around. You're not going to want to miss it. She is too awesome. So let's go ahead and get into the top three fights from last night's LFA 96 out of Kansas. We had in our uh, co-main event a catchweight bout at 160, which was a very close, tough split decision win for Anthony Romero over Zach Jusola, I believe is how you say his name. Uh, then moving into the 170 pound uh, belt was on the line between Macon. Mendonca versus wow, Batsum Barrel. Oh man, I'm, I'm just I'm not going to butcher the dude's last name, so we're going to leave it at that. Um, again, a unanimous decision for for May Khan, uh winning the belt, retaining the belt, and then the highlight of the evening for me was my dude Maurice the Mosho Miller versus Regivaldo Carvalho, and Maurice came out of the first round and literally slammed. Regivaldo on his head three or four times and pretty much kept back control, a little bit of GMP. And then in the second round, hoisted him once again over his head, slammed him on his fucking head <laughs> and knocked him out. Beautiful slam uh, win for Mosho Miller. We loved it. Rhino gang, 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 gang. Thank you very much, Maurice, for putting on that Mo show for us one more time, my friend. All righty. Moving into the pro boxing from last night, the 147-pound, uh, which in boxing is welterweight division, the WBC and the IBF title were on the line, Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia. Uh, this was the, the interesting part about this one was that this was uh, – it's been 14 months since Errol Spence was in a horrific rollover accident. Um, he went out there. People weren't sure how he was going to look and how he was going to react and how his body was adjusted and healed. He was dominant. Danny Garcia is a good fighter, dude. Really good. And Errol Spence made him look like he was three tiers below him, right? Errol, his jab, his footwork, his ability to keep distance. Danny didn't do himself any favors by sitting back and trying to counter the whole time. Errol's jab was so crisp. Footwork was impeccable. He outlanded Danny 707 to 117 if that paints a vivid picture for you in what happened last night so once again errol retains the wbc and ibf welterweight titles against danny garcia so that was our big boxing match from last night so let's go ahead and dive right in as we love to say getting our flip flippy floppies and our swim trunks on like the lonely island suggests we've got ufc fight night 16 here's our prelims unfortunately this went from an 11 fight card to an eight there was two COVID um, test that came back positive in two fights, and then one was an additional uh, medical problem that was not COVID-related. So we still had eight fights. A lot of them delivered. We started out the night with John Vellante versus Jake Collier. Uh, big shots by both guys in the first round. Uh, Jake definitely was getting the better of John in both the first and the second Um in the third round, it was all Collier, dude. He seemed to have much more in the gas tank. They put out a pretty good performance as far as there was a lot of uh, a lot of output. Jake outlanded John 140 to 83 in strikes. 
He clearly won the fight, unanimous decision, so big win for him. He looked a lot better, not just physically, but in the cage uh, than his last time out. I'm thinking we've seen the last of John Vellante in the UFC cage. Uh, moving into Damon Leach Jackson versus Ilya Topuria. This one was awesome, dude. Topuria came across the cage and was just landing beautiful shots, good body work early, and then threw a beautiful uppercut uh, to the body that not knocked fucking Jackson over, came over with the overtop with the right hand, crumpling Jackson to the ground, KO in the first round for Tampuria. Fantastic performance by the young kid. Great job on him. Alrighty, moving into Luis Smolka versus Jose Alberto Quinones. And this was really a tale of two rounds. So uh, Jose in the first round was really aggressive, was absolutely lighting Louis up. Uh, in the second round, Louis got the takedown um, and, and got his back, got Jose's back, and then finished him with some nice ground and pound. There was no way Jose was not fighting back. He wasn't moving. He wasn't trying to change position. So big win for Louis Smolka. Uh, great job by him for the for the tough Hawaiian veteran. Uh, moving into our fourth fight, we had which was the first fight of the main card. So those were our three prelims moving into the main card. We had Jordan Levitt versus Matt Wyman. Holy shit. Dude. Like right away, Jordan shoots for a double walks Wyman to the other side of the cage and slams him, KOs him clean, stiff, uh, you know, the zombie arms were out. Jordan Levitt, another coming off of this contender series, man. What a UFC debut against a veteran like Wyman, man. Kudos to Jordan Levitt. What a great performance. What a great slam. That's one that's going to be heard around the world, dude. That's one of those holy shit deals. I think they said it was only the 12th slam KO in the history of uh, the UFC, which is what a feather in his cap. Great job for Jordan. Uh, looking forward to seeing what happens with this young man next. Uh, moving into the um, Roman Delizzi versus John Allen. This one was Delizzi early takedown, had a few heel hook attempts. Again, in the second round, it was all the lead seat. Uh, and then in the third, I thought John Allen did a good job of trying to keep it on speed for most of the time. And then he had a nice double leg takedown over the lead seat. Uh, Delete then, you know, reversed it. However, John Allen did a much better job in the third round, but the Delizzi strike count was 103 to 49. He clearly won the fight unanimously, even though one judge, for some unknown fucking reason, made it a split decision. And apparently it was the same judge who uh, gave Felder the split decision in his, in his loss against RDA, which is just ridiculous. That guy needs to go find another line of work. But at least the right guy won, so Roman Delizzi uh, in the light heavyweight division, gets another win over John Allen. Uh, moving into the 155 pound division, we had Gabriel Benitez got the TKO of the first against Justin James. This was there were some hard kicks early for Benitez, some beautiful uppercuts, uh, huge knee to the body, put Justin down and out, dude. He crumpled him again. That was beautiful. I couldn't believe how quickly Justin got back up after the fight was over. Like, I thought he was going to be down for a long time. Just shows his toughness. But great win for Gabriel Benitez at the uh, lightweight division. Uh, moving into the co-main event, we had Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill from Grand Rapids, Michigan, former Rhino Gang member as well, Rhino Gang, 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 uh, going against the very tough, very um, – battle-tested over in St. Peru. Uh, the first round was pretty back and forth, but I thought the body shots that Jamal Hill definitely gave him the advantage in round one. The second round, uh, Jamal really turned it up, kind of got his distance better, was lighting OSP up on his feet. OSP kind of went against the fence and was just kind of covering up, and Jamal was landing shot after shot after shot, giving the ref no other recourse but to stop the fight, 
Jamal Hill, second round TKO over over in St. Peru in a uh, great coming out party for Jamal Hill. He is really uh, a hot prospect at 205, and I think he's going to really make some waves moving forward. All righty, moving into our main event, we had Jack the Joker Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori. This one was an incredible fight, dude. Really back and forth. Tons of just punching exchanges between the two, right? Uh, Vittori had the most significant shot in the first round where he actually dropped Jack with a straight left. Jack was, you know, then he jumped on him for some reason, which I never understand why fighters do that. You just crack the guy, you knock him down, then you dive on him. Um, Jack was able to keep his wits about him and keep the fight going. They went all five rounds, really, really tough. I gave four rounds to one for Vittori. He got the unanimous decision. Great job from him. Called out uh, um, Orahinha. Paulo Costa, right? He called out Costa in the uh, post fight interview with John Anik. So that was a really interesting fight I'd like to see. I still think Joker Jack is an outstanding top tier fighter at 185. He put on a great performance. It was just Marvin Vittori last night got the big win. So kudos to him. Kudos to everybody who was able to stay on the card. I thought it was a fun card that really delivered. So very, very cool. All righty, D Reigns. Let's go ahead and give Dre a, a call so we can get her Dre's drop of the night and our picks for next week's UFC 256. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Rhino Gang. Now it's time to get into our world famous Drea's drop of the night. So joining us once again is my future player, Drea. Drea, there was quite the bevy of drops last night to choose from. Which one did you land on for your world famous Drea's drop of the night? It there was, and it was actually very hard for me to decide on my drop of the night, but um I went back and forth, but I decided I am going with Gabriel. Benitez, at the end of the first round, after just getting hit by a groin strike, uh, Benitez Benitez throws this beautiful left knee to the chest of Justin James that just threw him backwards. He drops to the floor in the fetal position, and it was over. (laughs) Benitez, (laughs) he just, he finished him off with the ground and pound, and it was, to me, it was a a beautiful finish. It was a striking clinic prior to that and then obviously one hell of a knee tko so my drop of the night goes to gabriel benitez but i have to give honorable mention to jordan levitt because that slam ko was like amazing (laughs) you don't see those too often uh so definitely jordan levitt gets my uh an honorable mention for sure he looked great last night and that was one hell of a debut yeah, for sure. Way to go to uh, Mr. Levitt on that one, for sure. All right, so we got next week, we've got our UFC 256, the old PPV next week, and we have our main card picks here. Um, it's quite the card, dude. I'm telling you, if these all hold together, holy shit, what a fucking lineup. All right, so our, I'll get us kicked off with our main card picks. I've got Kevin Holland beating Jacare Souza by third round TKO. What's your call on that one, future player, Drea? Wow, we're exactly the same on that. I'm taking Kevin Holland, uh, defeating Jacare as well uh, in the third round. Wait, All right. Why, what, why what did, did you say? Go? You said th- third round TKO, right? Yeah, yeah. I said third yeah. Round okay, TKO. same exact thing. Yep. All right. So why don't you go ahead and pick uh, Fiziev versus Moicano first? Okay, so I am taking uh, Renato Moicano defeating uh, Rafael Fiziev with a unanimous decision. We are opposite seas, Beach of Plains. Okay. Uh, I have got, <laughs> got Rafael Fiziev by unanimous decision over Renato Moicano. I think that has potential to be quite a fight. All righty. We'll, we'll swing the pendulum back my way to uh, Cyril Gagne versus JDS 
Uh, I hate to say it, but I love JDS, but he's probably getting smashed. I've got first round <laughs> KO for uh, for Gagne or Gain, however you know it's pronounced different ways. Uh, for Gain, I got him beating JDS by first round, clean KO. Unfortunately, what about you? Um, I was taking Gain as well, but I don't think it's going to happen in the first. Uh, I'm taking the second round KO. Alrighty. So then moving into Charles Dubronx Oliveira versus Tony Okakui Ferguson. What a matchup this is. This one is one of those ones where you go back and forth a lot. And um, I'm going with I'm going with a little bit more heart over brain on this one. I'm going Charles Oliveira, third round submission over Tony Okakui Ferguson. I think Tony's gonna do really well on the feet in the first. Maybe into the second, but in the third, I just think Charles Oliveira, Dubronx is going to catch him with something. Even though Tony's got great jujitsu, I've got Charles Oliveira submission third round over Tony Elkakui Ferguson. What about you, future player Drea? I as well went back and forth on this one, but I'm picking against you on this, and I am taking Tony Ferguson. Um, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a TKO stoppage uh, in the second round. I don't think he's going to give him a chance to submit him. Dude, it's got so many options of what can happen. Oh, it, so there really is. Um, all right, moving into our 125-pound belt. Uh, we got Figgy Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. I think this is going to be a barn burner for as long as it lasts. I think Brandon Moreno is just, you know, he, he is such an upstart. He has such high pace. He is so tough. He's so fun. I love that kid. Uh, I just think Figgy's on a different level right now. So I've got Figgy winning by fourth round TKO over Brandon Moreno. What about you? Um, I am taking Davison Figueredo. Uh but I think he's going to submit him. I'm going a third round submission for Figueredo. All right. So we got third round sub for Drea. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions from the Rhino gang. I know the first one comes from the new dad, our boy, Scott Nolan. What do you got for us this week, Scott? All right. So Scott says, <clears throat> sorry, pulling my questions up still. <laughs> okay. Um, what up, guys? Uh, missed you last week, but hope you all had a good Thanksgiving as um, as possible. Just wondering, with all the fights getting called off late and the officials saying uh, a spike is going to get worse here in the near future, do you think Nevada is going to pull the plug on events at the Apex? And how quick do you think Dana um, can pull the switcheroo and get everything moved to Fight Island? Love you guys and hope all is well. Uh, we love you too, buddy. We hope you're finding a way to get some sleep with that new little uh, baby <laughs> in the house, <laughs> my friend. Um, I'd be very surprised if Nevada completely pulls the plug on UFC events because uh, even though we've had a lot that uh, of fights that have fallen out, look at the overall scheme of things. There has been, you know, so many fights that have worked out that have gone through. Um, even if you lose one or two, you still usually get eight, nine, ten fights. So for the vast majority of the cards have been successful or what, we, what would be deemed successful. Um, I don't know of anybody who has tested positive from being directly involved in the event that, you know, not that I'm aware of, you know what I mean? Nobody that came in without it and then left with it. Right. So I think they've done it as safe as can be in that kind of uh, in that way. So I don't know. If they're if they are going to pull them to pull the plug on them at all, um, if they are, if they do in fact do that, I think Dana has the contingency plan to get everything over to Fight Island within seventy two hours, dude. Like for real, I'll bet you if uh, if for some reason that Vegas shut down events. Um, 
on like a Tuesday, I'll bet you that same card could be, you know, managed to be put together on Fight Island on Saturday. I really do. I think he has a contingency plan in place for something like that were it to happen. So that's my answer on that one. Scott Nolan, thank you so much. I know an excellent comes from the homie Ray Street Potato from up in Canada Way. Canada, what do you got for us? Uh, Canada, what do you got for us? Ray Street Potato, what do you got for us this week, my dude? At the post-fight press conference last night, Uncle Dana said that we could expect another 50 or 60 fighters to be cut from the roster before the end of the year. Many fans are upset by this, but myself, I'm totally okay with it. The vast majority of fights lately have been fantastic with a ton of sleeper cards. Well, quotation mark sleeper cards. Do you think that these cuts will act as a wake-up call to some of the divas higher up in the rankings who keep turning down fights? Or will those who don't get cut feel like they are immune? And which divisions do you think will most heavily be impacted? Yeah, dude, I don't know if this is really going to be a big wake-up call for many of the top-tier guys um, who maybe are being too choosy about who they'll fight and when. Because uh, I'm guessing the top 10 in every division is safe. The, the the amendment to that is if there's some behind the scenes heat that we don't know about, whether between Dana or other people in management uh, against or with that fighter or with his management, if there's some un- unknown heat or something like that, we could see a top 10 guy or two go. Uh, but I just don't think so, dude. I think it's going to be more of that. Um, 15 to 25, 30 ranked fighters who are going to get uh, kind of going to get cut. And again, I've heard different numbers. I've heard anywhere from 50 to 60. I've heard as many as maybe even 80 fighters might get released. So who knows? We'll have to wait and see what happens on that. Um, I do think suspended fighters should be worried, um, even if it's for marijuana or PEDs or whatever the case. If you're suspended, even if you're a really good fighter and you're well-liked and all the things, I think you really are on the chopping block because um, you can always bring some Somebody back, right? I mean, it's not like once you're suspended, not suspended. Once you're cut, doesn't mean that they can't bring you back. Because of course they can. But again, I think suspended fighters are really going to be uh, sitting on the hot seat on this one. As far as which divisions, I think I'd have to say the 145 and 155 pound divisions are going to see the most of the cuts. They are really, really deep rosters. There are so many fighters worldwide in those two divisions. Those are the two most populous divisions, you know, across the world are uh, featherweight and lightweight. So there's other fighters in uh, from those two weight classes around the world that they could bring in for cheaper contracts, right? For, uh, you know, yes, there'll be some drop off in talent, but not a ton. And so I think in a, if it's a money saving move, I think we will see more 145ers and 155ers that get cut in the mix of this uh, massive cut scheme that's going to be going on. So Ray Sweet Potato, great question, my friend. I know our last one comes from the homie Cyrus King at Cyrus King, the host of the Combat Corner podcast. Drea, what does Cyrus have for us this week? Uh, similar to Raiden's question, he asks, with Dana saying he will make 60 roster cuts before the year is over, which big names do you think are in danger, if any? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Joy. I touched on this a little bit with Rage and Sweet Potatoes' question. Um, provided that there isn't, like I said, some backstage beef or some managerial you know, problems, I don't think any huge name fighters are going to get cut. Um, I'd be very surprised if any of them are let go. Yoel is, Yoel is the exception, and he's probably the biggest name that we're going to see go. He's 44 years old. He's lost four of his last five, um, and he's, he, he, you know, he gets a big amount of dollars when he fights. So I think these were all contributing factors to him getting let go. 
anybody else of his caliber, I'd be really surprised, dude. You know, I'd be really surprised if anybody who's like a star like that, you know, who fought for the title recently. Um, I'd be really surprised to see them go. I just would. Um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see how this all plays out. I'm really, I'm really curious about it. I'm sure everybody else is who's in the world of MMA is to see who actually does get let go and who gets retained. So very good question, my friend. If you guys haven't already, absolutely check out my dude Cyrus at the Combat Corner podcast. Uh, it's it's a it's a great flavor that he brings to the table dude i really really enjoy it so good on you for that show cyrus thank you so much for the question my friend Alrighty, drea so that is it for our twitter questions um as far as your drop of the night this week i'm assuming we'll be able to see a clip of that a little bit later yes definitely i will post it uh on my twitter page instagram and as well um on the combat sports with right now page Absolutely awesome. We are so looking forward to seeing that one again. I don't think any of us will get tired of uh, <laughs> seeing that knee to the body. And watching Definitely it. not. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a great job of the night. Uh, and obviously, uh, we look forward to talking to you next week for our breakdowns of UFC 256, my friend. All right. We'll see you next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Rhino Gannis. Let's get into our voice questions. And our first one comes from my big homie, Jim Asun. Jim, what do you got for us this week, my dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and Rhino gang, hope you all doing well. Um, my question for you this week is, what do you think of Clarissa Shields going to MMA? It's interesting for sure, but if she has no ground game, it's not MMA. <laughs> I mean, but anyhow, I know you're happy about her being a Michigan girl and all. So just want to get your thoughts on that. And you know, it's always 420. Peace. Clarissa Shield transitioning into MMA is really, really interesting, bro. Uh, obviously, boxing gold medalist, undefeated pro champion in boxing. Um, that all being said, there's really no way to know how she's going to do in MMA. Um, I can I can guarantee you she's going to get at least a couple real softballs in her first you know couple fights. Um, but eventually, she's going to have to face some really te- you know uh, experienced MMA fighters whether it's her third fourth fifth fight she's going to have to face somebody like that um i think obviously training at Jackson Wink is a really really smart way to go about it she's obviously got an incredible stand up base to work around a la Holly Holm bit uh we just have to kind of wait and see what sort of um you know leaps and bounds that she can make with the wrestling and with the muay thai and with the jujitsu do i think she has a very fight a high fight iq absolutely do i think she's athletic absolutely do i think that she has the potential to really make waves in both uh like simultaneously in boxing and mma of course i do um obviously i'm a little biased because she's a michiganiac like myself i'm always rooting for michigan fighters however it's one of those wait and sees. Does she have a little potential in the world? Yes. And I think she's young enough and I think she's willing to learn. Um, and she's obviously learning from the right people. So I think we could see her have a really successful MMA career uh, down the road. It's going to be interesting to see her do both at the same time because nobody's done that at a really high level. So I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest with you. So uh, great question, Jim. Thank you so much, my friend. And we're all thinking about your dad, man. I hope uh, hope that all works out for the best, dude. Really do. So we're all thinking of you, buddy. Alrighty, staying with our Canadian, all Canadian voice questions affair. We got my boy Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz, both on Twitter and Instagram. What do you got for us this week, my dude Dave? Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, twenty twenty, it's been an absolutely crazy year. We've had some uh, amazing fights, some amazing fights we've missed, 
Um, thinking specifically of uh, Ferguson, Khabib, um, uh, just watching some some of the best of Anakin Florian con- uh, podcast here, and they're talking to Bisbing, and they're just talking about that now. And it just made me think, uh, just in this year as a whole, it's been such a crazy time for the sport, and specifically the UFC. Um, what would be your three biggest takeaways uh, regarding the sport from this year? Uh, and, and now that we're heading into 2021, what are your three biggest takeaways? Love you, man. Love the show. Talk to you soon. Peace. Oh, great question, bro. Uh, takeaway one is that the UFC uh, pulled off being able to have a shit ton of events as, as safely as they possibly could during a pandemic. That's takeaway one. Takeaway two that even with no crowds, the fights were still just as excited to watch and be a part of. And it made the experience different uh, in the ways of like, you'd be able to hear like the thuds and the cracks of the strikes more vividly, that you could hear the instruction going on from the, the various corners. The, the, uh, the atmosphere just felt differently, and it was still really, really entertaining. That was takeaway two. Takeaway three, I would say the success of Fight Island shows – that a show can, in fact, be done on an international basis consistently moving forward. Whether or not they want to do multiple shows anywhere else remains to be seen, but they have proved that it can be done uh, internationally doing multiple shows in a row and be successful there as well. So I think that was another really big takeaway. So those are my three to answer your question, my dude, Dave Fretz. If you guys haven't already, absolutely check out Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz, at Solo Shoes, the Einstein of Revenue Design, and my brother. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much for your question. Alrighty, after a quick word from our sponsor, we're going to go ahead and get into our 10 rounds with Rhino with LFA flyweight contender, the Sam Page, Sam Hughes. Can't wait for you guys to check it out right after this quick void from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey. How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, kandrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen out there on the Rhino Gang, we've got ourselves a very special guest, LFA flyweight contender, the Sam Page, Sam Hughes. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. Rhino, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited about this. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm stoked to the boo, dude. Um, So, Sam, for, for round one, we always love to know. We love to find out the origin story of how you got started in this crazy MMA journey that you're on right now. Man, I'll, I'll make it short and sweet. But uh, I, so I originally uh, grew up in South Carolina 
and ran track and cross country in college. And then after I graduated college, I moved out here and uh, I met a buddy who is actually at Catalyst Mixed Martial Arts, where I am now. And he just told me to try out a kickboxing class. So um, I was tired of the Globo gyms and like the LA Fitness and things like that. So I decided to give it a try. And then pretty much after my first class, I was hooked. I was ready to like do this full time, like all the time. Um, man, I was showing up before and after work. Um, so yeah, I, it was just kind of serendipitous. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you're from South Carolina, but you have, you have ended up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, how did that <laughs> come about? If you want to talk about two opposite ends of the, uh, of the country, that's, that's, you don't get much different than South Carolina <laughs> and the Pacific Northwest. How did that come to be? Yeah, it was, uh, I, I couldn't have, uh, went on two, two ends of the, uh, the country. So, um, right. yeah, my, uh, my dad actually, he grew up in Spokane. He was born and raised in Spokane, Washington. Um, and then I was a military brat, so we moved around a lot. And then once he retired in South Carolina, I just ended up growing up there. But um, after college, I got a, a job, like a full-time career um, in accounting. And the company that I was coming on with was actually moving from Austin to um, to Washington. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's, let's give this a go. Um, and then the rest is kind of history. So like I said, it was it was kind of serendip- serendipitous, and um, it, it was a good move, good leap of faith. Oh, absolutely. It certainly has worked out for you. Um, you're a bit of a submission machine so far in your career, Sam. We've got wins by armbar, rear naked choke. Uh, your last one was a guillotine in your October fight for the LFA. Are, are submissions, would you, would you consider those to be the strongest part of your MMA game? Actually, no. Um, that's I think it's kind of funny because coming into LFA, um, I had my first fight at flyweight, but um, the rest at uh, strawweight. And uh, everybody thought I was just a kickboxer. Um, I mean, I think people still do consider me just a kickboxer and a striker. Um, but that's one thing that I, I've i kind of kept in my back pocket and we're starting to slowly kind of leak that out is that I am a really good wrestler. I am a really good grappler. Nobody really believes that, but I do have a lot of submissions and everybody I feel like is kind of counting me out as far as that goes. But it's kind of nice to be, um, not to be ironic because I know my last opponent, her, uh, her nickname was like the dark horse or something, but I am a little bit of a dark horse, not to steal her thunder. Uh, but I am a little bit of a dark horse in that aspect. Um, because I do have a lot of submissions in my back pocket that I'm excited to showcase more and more. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, you've been really active in 2020. You've had three fights this year and even one towards the end of 2019. So essentially in the calendar year, you've had four fights. Is this the kind of pace that you like to keep moving forward? Yeah. You know, Rhino, that's something that like, I really feel truly um, blessed and lucky to be able to be one of the the few fighters that have fought a lot this year. Um, I'd like to fight as often as possible. If I could fight every three months, every two and a half months, I would be happy as a clam. You know, I, I, I love to keep that high pace. I love to be active because whenever I start having a little bit of downtime, I start getting into trouble as most fighters <laughs> <laughs> So, I can, yeah, I can I like certainly to relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can certainly relate to that. Uh, anytime I took more than four or five months off during my pro career, the uh, the belly seemed to get a little bit bigger. 
right? And the, <laughs> you know, the beers seem to taste a little bit better. And so, exactly. yeah, it's always a good idea to stay active if you can. Uh, Sam Page is such a fucking cool nickname, dude. Where did you get that? Where did you come across with, with, with Sam Page? Who gave that to you? Man, it was kind of a... Um like a combination of a few different things. My, my coach, uh, Eddie Grant, he, him and Rick Little are really good friends. You know, Michael Chiesa and um, Juliana Pena, uh, that's, that's their coach, Rick Little. Okay. And um, he also has Sam Cecilia. And as a joke one day, um, I think I was, I was definitely an amateur at the time, but uh, Rick and Eddie were talking and, and I think Eddie said something about Sam Page and uh, Rick thought he was talking about me and I don't even know how it came to be but yeah it's it, it just stuck um and then my training partner Barb Honchak she she threw that out too because she didn't realize how much of a terror I was going to be as an amateur and giving her a little bit of run for her money and stuff so it's been good I I'm glad it stuck because I, I love the nickname Oh, it is. <laughs> I talk to people with nicknames every week, and this is one of my most favorite ones I've ever read in my entire life. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, obviously, the, we, we can't train all the time. The body won't allow it. So, what are some of the things on your downtime, like away from the gym, away from the whole MMA world? What are some things you like to do just in downtime for uh, Sam Hughes herself, not Sam Page, just to relax? Yeah, that's a really good question. I have a really hard time with that, with the downtime, um, just taking time for myself, you know, self-care and stuff. But um, I've got this this little fat boy. He's a he's a bulldog. He's American bulldog. He's about 75 pounds. So I like to take him on <laughs> runs and walks and stuff like that. He's more of a walker than a runner, but um, I try to get him out. And I live up here in in uh, Seattle, so it's so beautiful, especially in the winter time. You know, it starts to snow. Um, and so we get, can get out in the woods, um, and just walk and stuff like that. So I try to take him on hikes and just kind of clear my mind. Very cool, dude. Uh, yeah. I've got a little fat boy myself. He's a beagle <laughs> named champ and he, he, he's a, he's a, as soon as he catches a whiff of anything, that's when he's pulling my arm out of socket. Yeah. He's not much of a runner, but as soon as he gets a whiff of something, it's, it's over for me, dude, and for my joints trying to corral him. Um, exactly. so that's very cool. So Sam, again, another non-fighting question um, what was your favorite concert that you ever went to? Oh man. Um, concert. Okay. Oh, well, I would have to say, uh, I think that was last summer. Yeah. Last summer I went down, um, and to Dallas, Texas and ice cube was playing and nice. yeah, so that was pretty sick. And he had a bunch of people with him. Um, yeah, it was just a really cool concert. And I mean, that was whenever we could be around a bunch of people right, in the past right. before before the terrible <laughs> terrible time but yeah that was that was pretty sick I, I forget where it was at it wasn't the bomb factory but um somewhere downtown Dallas um it was really it was really cool that's very cool I saw him um as part of the family values tour so this would have been in the early 2000s and it was like it was like corn limp biscuit ice cube papa roach it was phenomenal oh, wow and he was so good you know what I mean and uh yeah, yeah, I'm a big ice cream guy, so I totally co-signed on that being your concert that you're going to mention. So I, I know you mentioned that you had originally uh, gone into accounting, just like Chuck Liddell, by the way, my most favorite fighter of all time. Oh, um, I didn't know if he you, was in accounting. Yes, he has a degree in accounting from St. Louis Obispo. Wow, that's cool. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yes. 
So do you think that accounting would be what you would be doing if you weren't pursuing the MMA dream? Yeah, for sure. I actually gave up a really good job um, in accounting and finance uh, just last year, um, this time actually, uh, to just do this full time. And um, yeah, if I wasn't fighting, I would be I would be just fine. I would be happy in accounting and stuff. Um, numbers are my jam. I like that a lot, but I like punching people in the face more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that's that's too perfect. But yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Chuck uh, from uh, University of uh, I don't know California at San Luis Obispo. Yeah, he's a, he was an accounting major, and that was that was his thing. So that's one thing you two have in common, and that's fucking awesome. I think um, I'm really glad cool. I was able to share that bit of information with you. So see, nerds can kick ass too, everybody. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Accountants aren't boring. <laughs> that's right. Accountants are not boring. Um, so here's we're in round nine now. All right. We've already careened, careened our way in round nine. Man, so like... here's our obligatory food question that I ask every single person. It's always the ninth round. My food question for you is this. The post fight meal, the weight cuts over. You've already won. The stress is off. You've been dieting down, cutting weight. It's all over. It's time to indulge. It's time to really smash a great meal. What are you getting and where are you getting it from? Ooh, well, I could say uh, from my last fight in LFA, uh, I had they, the hotel that we were at was connected to like a little bar um, restaurant type deal. And I got this like sausage pizza afterwards with extra cheese on it, had a couple beers. Like it was awesome. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm a big pizza or burger and beer uh, person. Like if I'm not, if I don't have a fight on the line or if I'm not training for anything, I'll get pizza and beer every single time. I love it. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times that beer has come up on this question with other fighters, including myself. I don't know what it is, but when you are done fighting, a ice cold fucking beer is just about the best thing in the world. You really to go can't along with it. your meal. Yeah, you really can't beat it. I don't know why it just tastes so good, but it does. <laughs> it seems to be uh, wings is probably the number one answer, but it's always with beer. But wings is probably the number one answer. And then, yeah, pizza or burgers are our second. I was always a sucker for uh, for Chinese and beer after a Ooh. fight. I loved I loved getting a big thing of Chinese food and beer. But I also had pizza and burger, whatever else. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. We all can co-sign on beer being the number one beverage. Yeah, I fighters think post-fight. Yeah, so, I think uh, food is just a, a way to get beer in the in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the number one the, is uh, definitely beer. It's just beer. the buffer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. So uh, finally, Sam, we're, we've gotten our way into the 10th round. We definitely here at the Rhino Gang, we, we, we see the talent already that you've shown in your young career. We absolutely want to follow you moving forward. So can you tell us your socials so we can all keep tracks on the Sam page moving down the line in her career? Yeah. You know, thank you so much for this. Um, I'm going to keep it super easy. Everything is the same handle. It's at Sam Hughes MMA for Twitter, for Instagram. Um, Facebook is just Sam Hughes MMA. Uh, yeah, pretty easy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm telling you, we've had a lot of um, I, I hate to use the term prospect. We've had a lot of prospects on, especially LFA and CFFC fighters. And it's incredible to um, be able to follow that journey from fighters, you know, who are six and one, five and three, you know, move on to the to their next fight and the fight over that and see the progression. So I, I really I implore 
everybody at in the Rhino gang that let's absolutely keep tabs on Sam. Not only is she a incredibly badass fighter, but a better person. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to have you on today, Sam. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And we will absolutely check it back in with you down the line. Thank you so much, Rhino. I really, really appreciate it as well. Um, it's been awesome to be on here. This is Sam, Sam Page Hughes, and I just went 10 rounds to Rhino. Man, that was so cool. Sam could not have been sweeter, nicer, more engaging, and super cool. And by the way, she is a total badass motherfucker in the cage. I hope you guys can check out some of her old fights and keep tabs on her moving forward because she is so awesome. All right, let's go ahead and do our outro. We got up some thank yous and some shout outs to give out for the people who participated in the forum today. Absolutely, Scott Nolan, Raisin Sweet Potato, Cyrus King from the Combat Corner, Big Homie Jim Soon. Bunch of fucking casuals. <laughs> the homie Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram. The Einstein of Rap Design. My girl, Lanta Brown. Mike G. Kairos from the Woe and Shots Fired Pods. All the homies of the MCCI. My girl, Sin City Sarah. The homie, Mr. B. Angel from Shark Division. Ashley, the MMA nerd. D. Kranz. APB. Brett, MMA, my scream queen, supreme Jess, Miss Fight Diva, and everybody else who supports us. We are so appreciative of you guys every week in and week out. Uh, my Triple D, Drea, D Reigns, and Dave Fretz, the absolute backbone of this operation. Thank you guys for all of your hard work and everything you do to make the show good. Uh, be kind to everybody out there. Let's be kind to one another. Let's stay safe. Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week. K-Sound!